Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. probably months ago and it's been a blessing to have uh, Ronnie here and Robert Romero 43 years thank you come on up Pastor all the way from Modesto praise the Lord hallelujah wow I tell you what what a tremendous, 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 tremendous blessing to be with you all. You may be seated. I know Pastor wanted me to have my wife come and share a testimony. So if I can have my wife uh, of uh, going to be 50 years. We're married uh, in, uh, in November. You're not going to believe her what day. November the 11th. That's Veterans Day. So anyway, 50 years on Moses. I tell you what, a tremendous, tremendous blessing. If you ever go out and pastor, make sure you got a wife that loves God more than you. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Wow. What a beautiful presence of God. You feel that? Yeah. Wow. It's so neat to be in the presence of God in God's house with God's people. Yes. It's been a long time seeing our pastor. (laughs) But... It's been worth it all. God's been so faithful. You know, he promises that he'll turn out everything for the good to them that love him and are called according to his name and his purpose. And that's what we've done. We've put our hands to the plow and we haven't looked back. We, you know, praise the Lord by the grace of God. Yes. And um, we've seen some great things and we're so privileged to be here with you. I was telling my husband, it feels like a homecoming. You know, when you go to, you know, you're away from your family for such a long time. And you're kind of wondering, are they fatter? Are they thinner? How they look? How do I look? <laughs> but in God's presence, who cares, right? <laughs> anyway, that's what I felt. I was like, wow, I feel like I'm going to see some more um, familiar faces. Yeah. Josie and Ruben and yes. Rose and Ruben. And, yes. of course, I was going to say Sal. Rick, <laughs> wherever you are. And then, of course, uh, Freddie. But also our pastor. You know, yes. I really praise God because we've only had one pastor. That's it. Um, we might have been uh, overseen by others, but we've only had one pastor, and we are a product of what God has poured into our lives through this man. Yes. And um, the only bad thing about this homecoming is Stella. <laughs> She's made it to heaven before us. And so we have a lot to fight for, right? And we got to really plow in, and we, there's a lot to see here, but there's greater above us. And we can't get stuck back there. We got to keep on going forward. We've all been through different things. Um, different trials and changes, but don't ever lose your appreciation for what God has done in you. And don't ever think you're this high that you never forget where God pulled you out of. Because that's what it's all about. It's about what God does in our lives to reach others, that they can get saved, that they can be restored, that lives can be touched, that homes can be touched, and put back together. And out of that, God can send them or do a work in them to touch others. Maybe not all of you will go out, but you all have hands and feet and mouths that Jesus wants to use right where you're at right now. So I just praise God. There's a lot I want to say, but wow. <laughs> I just feel God's presence, and it's beautiful to be home. 
God bless you. Wow. I was going to give her my notes. Praise God. Well, I'll tell you what. She said everything I was going to say. As an intro, intro. So thank you. That's something when you're one. You know, God does uh, what he does. But I tell you what, uh, again, I just want to repeat what she brought out. Some of the familiar faces we do see here. Uh, it's just good. Uh, it's really exciting to be here with you all. And um, I know, as me and my wife are coming over here, it's different, but I feel good. And uh, I don't expect many to understand that because it's, it's something that you have to go through and be. And, uh, and I tell you what, everything we've gone through, where we've been, God's been good and faithful. He's a faithful God. He'll vindicate you. He'll be with you no matter what. But let's get into the Word of God, okay? Because if not, I'm going to go other places here. And I, I want to make sure I get to minister the Word of God and really appreciate Pastor Ruben Reina. Like my wife said, I go back. He didn't want to taught me how to pray, how to read, how to study. And then he shot me out three years later. <laughs> and then three years later, he shot me over to England. I said, you know, I said, let's do it. But, you know, that's what, you know, allows God to do a work in a, in a person when you submit to a person. A pastor that has a vision and purpose and loves God, loves to see souls get saved. Uh, and you just respond to it. Don't look back and get a hold of God and get a hold of the horns and stay close to the altar. And God Almighty will reveal himself. I got so much I want to share. I, I hope I just stay calm. <laughs> Into the book of Hebrews chapter uh, 13. Uh, uh, real quickly, as, as you're turning there, I want to just minister uh, a couple of important thoughts, I believe, that will help you and I in the time that we're living in. Because how many know, many people today are losing confidence in their life, their, their marriages, and their homes, their jobs, and their ministries, and even their salvation. You know, there's something you and I got to understand. Salvation is something that's, that's been, about, has been bought and paid a heavy price for, for you and I. To never let go of it. If there's something that I've held on to for 44 years of my salvation, is my gratitude for when God touched me and saved me and delivered me. I've never lost that. And the minute we lose that, we begin to take steps backwards. But when you appreciate what God has done for you and through you and with you, man, you appreciate God more now than ever. And I love God more now than I ever have simply because of what He's done. But again, People are losing their confidence in life, in their homes, in their marriages. You know, you cannot afford to lose your confidence in your spouse that might not be doing well or she's not saved or your children that, that maybe they're, they're not going the way you want them to go. Man, you got to believe your confidence in God is going to touch them. You know, I have three boys and now they're regularly saved, thank God. I've never been pushing my life, but believe me, they're pushing me. They want to do, they just want to just continually add and do and go. But before 12 years ago, they were a handful. They were a handful. And man, they kept me on my knees. They kept me and my wife on our knees, crying together, laughing together. But we never lost confidence that one day God was going to touch them. Things didn't look good, but oh, the God that we serve can turn it around in a moment. And I'll never forget. That even the Lord began to reveal things to me. Things that were going to take place. He told me, one day you're going to be up in the platform. You're going to be playing with them. And two years ago, we got together. All four of us, we were up there playing. Played about three songs for New Year's Eve service. And I said, my God, you're too much. 
He revealed to me when they were lost that one day I'll be up here with them and now they're ministering the gospel, preaching the gospel, and they're doing a good work. I'm saying that to say, if you lost confidence in your spouse, your children, don't do that. Because we serve a big God that does big things and you got to keep your confidence and, you know, and look at them as though not what they are, but what they're going to become. And so I entitled this sermon, on, on, you're going to hear the word a lot, confidence, uh, keeping your confidence. And you're going to, uh, I'm going to lay a little foundation before I get to my main points and uh, dealing with the subject of confidence. Because people lose their confidence in what God wants to do in them and through them and for them in their own homes, their own marriages. And you find that in Hebrews, before I read my text, but in Hebrews, uh, dealing with the, the subject of confidence, the Bible says in Hebrews 3, 6, hold on to your confidence. Don't let go. Whatever you do, don't let go. It takes courage, but don't let go. Hebrews 3.14, hold firmly to your confidence until the end. They ain't no good having a good start and then fizzling out at the end. We got to continue all the way to the end. The word, the word of God says, he that endureth to the end. So we have to keep our confidence all the way in, all the way into the end. And then in Hebrews 4.16, it says, come boldly. To the throne of grace with confidence. We can go through the throne of grace, amen, with confidence in the God that we serve. And the throne of grace represents a seat of divine power. Oh, there is power, wonder-working power, but also unending mercy at the same time. How can we lose tapping into God's divine power at the same time tapping into the mercies of God? My God, the mercies of God are needed Oh, above and beyond. Even now in my life, we need mercies of God every day and every hour. Are you with me so far? I'm taking you somewhere, okay? So you got to pay attention. Hebrews uh, 10, 19 says, since we have confidence, there's that word confidence, we can enter into the holies of holies. Wow. You have that privilege. I have that privilege. There was a time only the priest could go in, but now when the Lord uh, paid the price on Calvary, the curtain was written from top to bottom. We can enter into the holy, the presence of God will follow you wherever you go. You can have it in your house, your home, your car, wherever you go in church. And then you come to the house of God and you get a double whammy. That's it. Then also in the book of Hebrews, here we go, 10.35, do not throw away your confidence. Don't throw it away. Don't release. See, that word confidence is tied into our faith. And so we have to understand you cannot afford to lose your confidence. And that's what here the writer in Hebrews is saying. So again, let me read my text and then we'll take it from there. Hebrews 13.6, it says these words, 13.6, so we take comfort and are encouraged, there's that word, confidently, and boldly, and say, the Lord is my helper. Say that, the Lord is my helper. He's going to help you in times when you're going to need it. He's going to help you when you're going to say, my God, there's no way God will always step in. The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized by alarm. There's a lot of folks today that are, are being alarmed with fear. They're, they're, they're not coming to church or going through different battles. But you see, you and I got to understand that we have a helper. Then he goes on to say, I will not fear or dread or be terrified. He goes to say, what can man do to me anyway? So we got to come to a place to understand that what can God do? He can protect us wherever you're at. I, I, I remember being in Russia 
And they took me to the back. I said, oh my gosh, here we go. And so they took me to the back, and then they got a guy in a cage. I said, I ain't going to fit in there. You know, I said to them, I said, wow, God, what's going to happen here? And so the, the sergeant there was very uh, militant. Uh, and then he asked me a question. He goes, hey, how are the Lakers doing? Said, oh, praise God. He's on, and, oh, they're doing great. Now, how about so-and-so? And so, oh, yeah, he's doing a lot better. He should be coming back in a couple of months. Blah, blah. Hey, go ahead. You can go. All he wanted is, you know, he wanted, uh, you know, information. But my point is, you go places, you think, man, th things are not going to go the way it's supposed to go. Been places that you say, wow, God, you're going to have to intervene and get involved. And he does. He does. You know, the, the Russians ain't the easiest people to get along with, you know, especially if they want money. They, one, I went the other time, how much you got? How much you got? Give me some money. I said, I ain't going to give you nothing. He wanted to know how much money I was bringing in, but what he really wanted, he wanted a bite. See, my point again is that wherever you go, God's going to help you no matter what. As long as you stay, keep your composure and keep calm. Don't get aggressive and don't get uh, uh, mouthy and you'll be all right. You'll be all right. So let's look at a couple of things that the enemy uses to try to undermine and violate our confidence in God. Our confidence in his word. Our confidence in what he wants to do. The first thing I want to bring to your attention is setbacks. How many of you know setbacks are a part of life? They're a part of the regular life. They're a part of our Christian life. But set, setbacks are going to come to all of us. You know, have you ever heard uh, uh, someone say, well, they had surgery. Or, How are they doing well? They're doing pretty good. They're doing better. You call back a week later and they say they had a setback. You know, health, physical. You see, and, and, and I walk with God. The enemy will try and use setbacks to try and steal your confidence in God. Hello. Don't let the enemy steal your confidence in the God you serve. That word very confidence simply means unfortunate happening that hinders. It'll hinder things and to set you back. Or in other words, our, our best uh, example could be a black eye or two black eyes. That's a setback. <laughs> People tell you, what happened to you? Nothing. You should see the other guy. No. Yeah. <laughs> You know, two black eyes, you can't see, you know, and so you're, but that's what you call a setback. And not only that, but you're all frustrated. That's what you call a setback. Remember this. This is important. Remember, a step up in the world and losing ground is a step down in the kingdom. Let me give you the other side to that. But a step down in this world for the kingdom is a step up. Let me give you an example that God gave me one time. And we're flying, as I said earlier, our pastor sent us to England. And we had a good church in Modesto. We already had a first church out. We were there three years. and Great things were happening. And I, they, I, I'm in an airplane. I'm going to England. And I said, Lord, what are you sending me to? Lord, what's going to happen? Different food, different cars, different everything. And, and Lord, where, you, where am I going? You know, I, I never complain to the Lord very often because he always answers me right away. And anyway, he tells, I tell him, Lord, I had a good church, man. I had potential. I had this. I was. He goes, listen to me. You're not losing. You are gaining. Because a step down from here to step up to his plan and his will is always Better and greater for God. He tells me, you're not taking a step down. You're taking a step up. Yeah, but I ain't got nothing. Listen, the kingdom of God's a paradox. 
And then he told me, look at where you're at. You're in a 30,000, you're closer to me right now. Oh, golly. <laughs> and right there and then, that settled it for me. I was settled. But when you listen to the voice of God, God speaks to you in a, in a manner that no one can. Through a voice, through a sermon, through the word, through the inner being. A quiet word. But setbacks are going to be a part of a... No one likes setbacks. You know, but hey, they're going to be a part of who we are. You look at Elijah. Here's a man that had a setback. One moment, 450 false prophets are gone. They're done. You know, I can imagine him saying, moments later, he's on the run. He had a setback. Jezebel's after him. That's it. It's over. But here's a man of God. And that's why you have to be careful when you're on top. That's when the enemy is going to hit. When you're in the bottom, how many of you know? When you're in the bottom and you're on your knees, he can't get you. But someone also said, when you're here, there's no one taller than when someone's here. Because you're touching the throne of God. His power, his mercy. So remember that those things that we got to get together and learn and aggressively, aggressively understanding your mind and understand that, you know what, Lord? I know that I know what I know. And I'm going to not deviate from what you have taught me. We have also Joseph. We know the story of Joseph in Genesis 50 where his brother sold him, threw him in a pit. A dark one at that. Got him out, sold him. Wow, your brother's selling you? I mean, that's a pretty huge setback. You know, okay, my enemy, my you know, rivals, okay, that's cool. But my own blood brothers throwing me in the dungeon and selling me. Next thing you know, boy, Potiphar's wife is accusing him. Next thing you know, he's in jail. Setback after setback. Next thing you know, here he is. He doesn't know what's going on. The baker turns on him and forgets him. But those are setbacks in life. But you see, the, the whole thing behind it is the devil wanted to take his confidence of God, that God gave him that vision, that one day God gave him that dream, that one day he held on to that, that confidence in the God that gave him that vision. But let me tell you, what's powerful about that story, and we know it, where the scripture says, you intended to harm me, but God intended for the good to accomplish what had to be done. Listen to this. I, the part that many miss that I like is that it, for, it was for the purpose of saving many lives. Woo! Man, all that he went through, God says, you went through all that so that many people get saved. Paul said, I die daily. Paul said, death in me and life in you. Man, there's something about dying to this ugly, ugly flesh. Man, that something begins to live inside of you that will come out. Superman will have nothing on you. Woo, Jesus. The saving of many lives. You say, when you go through things, remember, you got loved ones that are not saved. You're dying to self, and you're believing God for them. You know, one day you're going to bloom, and you're going to be able to see, wow, thank God. That's why I always look back at my boys, and I tell the Lord still, Lord, I don't take it for granted, Lord. I want to thank you for touching my boys and helping me in the church, because they're a big asset. You know, when you hit 70 years old, things just ain't easy no more. But God's been so good. Okay, 
That's setbacks. Number two, let's look at number two. Disappointments. How many have ever been disappointed here? <sighs> Disappointments. You know, one thing to be disappointed because things we have coming. Another thing is when you don't know where they're coming or why they're coming. But I like what the psalmist says, and we have to always remember this because here's where it hurts the most, and sometimes it can really knock the air out of you. And the Bible says, the psalm says these words in Psalm 55. It says, for it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I would have borne it. Neither was it uh, that hatred me, hated me, that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from it. But it was thou, a man of my equal, a, my guide, my acquaintance. Sometimes disappointments come from people that you love, people that are close to you. Those are the ones that hurt. They hurt. And, and they can really knock the wind out of you. You see, but the, the assault there is to undermine your confidence in the God that we serve. Yes. And so you and I have to get up and say, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'm going to get up and I'm going to just do more for God. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stay down. Amen. I'm going to get up and fight the good fight. But you see, we can get disappointed, very disappointed. But we're gonna, we need to be resilient. That word resilient simply means recovering from adversity, bouncing back. You know, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a, uh, an individual that believes that you've got to wait a year, two years to bounce back. Come on. How about a day or two or three? Okay, a week max. Hello. I don't know, remember a week, but you know, maybe we've been there 40 years, you forget some things, you know. But come on, church, we gotta bounce back. We got the power of the Holy Ghost in us. And you can do it. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. But you see, these setbacks, these disappointments, the devil will use that to undermine our confidence and he'll show you things you shouldn't see and not show you the things you wanna see. What, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that many times people only look at the negative stuff and never the positive stuff? I have a good habit of looking at the good things. I don't even talk about the bad things. Because they'll haunt you. So how do we stay resilient in times of disappointment? Well, the main thing is you've got to stay faithful. Don't go by your feelings. Just do it. You need to come to church, you be in church. You need to come pray, come and pray. If, it, if, if the church challenged to fast, let's fast. I'm going to, I'm joining, I'm part. If it says that we're going to pay pledges for the building or whatever, hey, I'm in. But I don't, no, no. You get in and you're going to get all these benefits that are going to fly. Benefits that will blow you away. We have to stay faithful to the Lord in times of discouragement, in times of disappointment. And you see, it's important that we do the right thing, not for a reward, but do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Someone said, I'd rather be right than smart. Because we have a lot of smart people, but they never do the right thing. You see, there's still power in the blood. How many believe that? Oh, the wonderful, wonder-working power of God. 
When my wife got saved 45 years ago, you know, I wasn't saved for a year. I'd give her a little hard time. Anyway, she says I did. I don't remember. <laughs> and she used to tell me about being born again, getting saved. And I said, well, okay, okay. And I would go with the guys and play handball, you know, or do this and do that. You know, and I'm always gone. And one day I came home. Nobody was home. So I went to the living room and I said, well, Lord, here I am. Born again stuff. I don't know. But my wife said I can get saved and changed. I don't think you can do that for me. It goes, but here I am, Lord. If you can do it, let it go. And the Holy Ghost came in a cloud. I, 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 I mean, it was a cloud. You could cut it with a knife. Man, it hit me. I said, now I know what she's talking about. I've, never, I've tried a lot of drugs, but oh my God, there ain't nothing close to this. I tried just about everything, right? Whoa, man, I went into my bedroom. I got all my dope and coke. I, I had a stash everywhere. Man, I got all the alcohol, threw it in the trash. I mean, threw it in the, inside the, the, the toilet. Man, I dumped everything, all my pipes out. I never heard a sermon. I said, can I say that again? I never heard a sermon. Oh, but when the God of heaven oh, comes down, there's power in the blood. There's wonder-working power in the blood. It'll set you free, brother. If you call on God, man, he will do something special. He will. I like what someone said. He said, I want to be filled of Christ so much that when a mosquito comes and bites me, he leaves singing, there's power. He's flying. There's power in the blood. <laughs> <laughs> you know there needs to be commitment if we're going to survive these battles commitment discipline man follow the lead you got a good pastor here that loves god loves you guys man you're so over blessed right now man don't take it for granted lock into that vision and purpose lock in Man, and the God of heaven is going to see you through, and you're going to walk and say, my God, God is so rich and so good. You see, but we find people in the Bible that man, understood the battles. We look, we look at Job. There's only one Job. But Job went through many things, but he said, with or without, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to stay faithful. He went as far as sin in Job 13, 15. Though you slay me, yet will I have hope in him. Now, that's a powerful statement. And that's what we have to get. That point, you know what, God? No matter what I go through, God, I'm staying locked in with you. Yes. See, I made my decision to serve God that day I met him, 44 years ago. From that day on, if I was to make my decision by the battles I go through, I'd be gone a long time ago. Because there's some huge battles we go through in ministry as pastors. Big, huge. But man, when you made your decision 44 years ago, your muscles get bigger. Come on. 450. 550. You can't be locking in your, well, I'm going through this. Hey, don't go there. Look up. Okay, God, you saw me through here. You'll see me through this. You've got to stay positive. When something negative pops up, go into your room. God, I stand on your, your name, Lord. I speak to that sickness. I speak to that problem right now. In the name of Jesus, I take authority. And God, I don't know when or how, but I know it's going to happen. 
Your confidence in God, your confidence is so crucial to God because it touches heaven. Man, God looks down there. Look at there's my son. There's my daughter. They're going through this. They're going through that. Oh, but look at them. They're lifting their hands and they're chapto rolo. They're worshiping God. Oh, rebel. What a mighty God we serve. You see, let setbacks and disappointments build our character. You have to let it build who you are. You know, it's like lifting weights. There's no pain, there's no gain, right? You gotta, you know, and then you see a little marble popping out. All right. How many of you know God's priority is not our happiness? God's priority is character development. God wants to develop our character, a godly character, a righteous character. A, God, a character that, that you know, people could say, this, is, this guy's not the same guy. This lady's not the same lady. My, my boss at work told me, what happened to you? They brainwashed you. I needed to be get washed. When I got saved, I remember going camping for the last time with the, the, the sin of the world. Because I didn't know different. I was only saved a few months. They said, what happened to that guy? He didn't bring nothing. Man, he's different. And, I, and you know what I said? Thank you, Jesus. You see, that's what we need to be, a light. We need to be a light. And the only way you can be a light for Christ is spending time with the light. He's the sun. Character development. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Romans 5.3, he said these words, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Ouch. You know, he wasn't, you know, James wasn't the only one. Kind of all joy when you go through different trials and tribulations. Here we have a, a, a Paul and Romans. Kind of rejoicing your sufferings because we know that sufferings produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. See? Something about when you go forward and you're, you know, you're not looking back, character is being built. And then hope, character, hope, and then hope does not disappoint you. You won't be disappointed. When you come out of that and you go through it, you know, Paul, uh, the psalmist says in Psalm 66, when you go through the water and through the fire, and no, we've been through those, some of us, but you'll come out to a wealthy place, a place of renewal, a place of refreshing. You know, I, I come to your facility here. I, I didn't get to share what I wanted to because my wife took, took all my sayings. But, you know, I come to your facility here. You guys got a beautiful facility, nice, beautiful. But you know what's more important? You, you, there's a freshness. There's a newness. There's a cleanness. That's what's crucial. And you say, and then you come to the house of God, and you can feel God's anointing, God's favor, God's presence, God's love. And see, that's an incubator for God to move in a special way. In a special, special way. Okay, down to my last point. I don't know when I started here, but okay. Here's where many lose it. Okay, discouragement. Okay. Setbacks. Okay, they're rough, they're hard, but... But here is the one that gets many and they make a bad turn. You don't have to. And that is unending battles. I guess you don't have me. I guess you don't have me in Modesto. Nobody said amen or nothing. <laughs> Listen, unending battles. Man, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. God's been so good to me and my wife. Oh, my God. I had, but the majority of the right has been, ooh, Mercy. 
We've had our moments. We've had our moments. In the last few years, we've all had our moments. Unending battles. I've been at church feeling God's power, and, you know, and man, I feel like someone's going to get a heal from a big disease, or heaven's going to open up, or I'm going to have about 30 people come into the church and get saved, feel the Holy Ghost at the same time. You know, you feel that power in you. Whoa! Man, God, you're going to move today. You're, you're excited, and you're waiting for that moment, and hell opens up. I've had that happen to me a number of times. So I don't look up like that no more. I just say, okay, Lord, you do what you got to do. <laughs> but it's true. It's like there's unending battle after battle after battle after battle. What's next? You know, it's like, you know, it's unending over and over. Okay, Lord. But you see, you have to be able to allow God to do what he's going to do in your life. Don't fight God. Just drop to your knees. Say, God, I'm coming through this, Lord. I'm coming through. But see, unending battles is what gets many folks. That's why many marriages get destroyed, because unending battles. They don't solve their problems. They don't ask God to help them. They don't believe God that he can do a miracle in their marriage. Can I tell you, I'm a firm believer God can do a miracle in any marriage. I really know. I believe it. You may be looking at me and saying, oh, you don't know my wife. Or look at, you don't know my husband. Well, can I tell you something? Just let God do a work in you, and he'll start. That's the key. And by the way, if you let God do a work in you, you're going to be a happy camper with or without him. Unending battles. You see, but remember the, the benefits and the, we're going to have at the end. Hebrews speaks about how in chapter 10, how the just shall live by faith. But he says, you know, that we're not supposed to draw back, but God loves those that continue to go forward. He uses these words, my soul shall not have no pleasure in him, but we are not of them to draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe in the saving of the soul. See, we, we're firm believers. Heaven's real, right? You believe heaven's real? Yeah, it's real. Woo, one day. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to close with this. But man, can you imagine? Here, the writer of Hebrews is telling us, don't quit, because I'm coming. Abraham, looking for another home, he didn't look back. He had his problems, but he endured. He had a setback, but he endured. He had a discouraging moment, but he endured. And he became what? The father of faith. Not only Abraham, how about Moses? Moses looked for a forward and, and, and a reward. And he understood. He said, these words, I've always liked these words. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. See, too many people are just looking for a feeling and looking for a, a, a pleasure. Hey, feelings are good, but you can't live by feelings. You got to live by faith. Faith. Confidence in the God that loves you. Confidence is going to help you. He'll be with you no matter where you're at. He'll be with you. Look up. He'll be there. He'll be there for you. But don't go by your feelings because your feelings will deceive you. Paul said these words, I have fought the good fight. In Christianity, is it worth it for you and I? Because like I said earlier, he's going to say to you and I, well done, good and faithful servant. Because one day, it's going to end. And, I, and I'm a firm believer. I really am. I look at the signs of, of the times, and the Lord is coming soon. Yes. 
Hey, so there's no time to look back. There's no time to giving in. There's no time to even hesitate. I mean, backslide, what's that mean? Leaving God, what's that about? Hey, it's about forward. Because you don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be left behind. And that's why in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 18, like with the Apostle Paul, said these words, and he said these words, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Think about that for a moment. All the setbacks, all the discouragements, all the unending battles are not even close, not even worth mentioning compared to the glory. I don't know about you, but you got to get that word in you. You've you got to let it get into, into you. They're not going to be worth compared to the benefit you're going to have in heaven. Think. No more pain. No more sickness. No more trials. No more setbacks. No more discouragements. No more problems. That's just part of it. How about your loved ones that are waiting for you? you got, everyone has loved ones there waiting for you to come. My wife tells me, when we get to heaven, we're going we're gonna to be neighbors. I said, okay, I agree. <laughs> hey, the, the desires of your heart, not on here, but up there. Listen, this, it's going to be so beautiful. Can you picture heaven? I want you to ponder for a moment. I'm going to bring this to a close. Can you picture heaven and the beauty that God has for us? All we go through is going to be worth it. That's why Paul said, don't you compare it. It's not worthy. All that you go through, don't you dare compare it. What I got for you. Oh, gosh. I got something special for you. I got something beautiful for you. And I got some surprises for you when you get there. It's going to be everlasting. What we go through is only for a moment. Oh, but when we get there, it's for eternity. It's forever and forever. Oh, it's going to be worth it. I know some of you may have, be in the middle of setbacks, discouragement moments right now. Right now. But listen, don't let the devil steal your confidence. You look up. Say, God, I'm not going to let these battles I go through. I'm not going to compare them for what you got for me up there. I ain't going to, Lord, because you're such a good, good God. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Can we just bow our heads for a moment, just for a moment before I change the order of service real quickly. I, I'm so blessed to be with you here. I'll come, if I'm in town, I'll come and visit. Just to visit, just to be in church. You know, Real quickly, as the musicians are making their way up, I want to just really make a short appeal to salvation. Maybe by chance you hear this morning and you don't know the Lord. You, you, you don't, never met the Lord. You're here and you're lonely, you're empty, you're hurting. And, and you want to give Him a chance. You're in the right place. God loves you. You want to make heaven your home. There's only one way. It's by accepting Christ into your heart, into your life. So if that's you today, you're here, you say, Pastor, I'm that man, I'm that woman. I want to get right. I want to make heaven my home. I want my sins forgiven. Would you pray for me? There's no one's looking just for a few minutes. 
Would you slip up your hand and put it down real quickly? Don't, God bless you, brother. Don't hesitate. Lift up your hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Lift your hand up high and put it down. God's in the house. He wants to touch you. He wants to help you. He wants to love you. Let him love you. Powerful things happen when you allow God to put you in his arms. Is there anybody else here? Say, Pastor, I want to get saved. I want to get right. I want heaven to be my home. I want my sins forgiven. And I know I sense something different upon me right now. That's the love of God and the Holy Spirit touching you. See, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He'll never force you to make this decision. But he will get a hold of your hand. Because his goodness leads us to repentance. But he will not force you to the altar. He'll come with you, but he will not force you. That's our decision. So quickly, is there anybody else? Say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need help in my marriage, my, my life. I need help. Well, you're in the right place. He will help you. Anybody else? Slip your hand and put it down. I'm going to change the order of service real quickly. Maybe you were here one time. You were serving God. You were on fire and things happened. You had some setbacks, disappointments, and you made a wrong turn. Hey, you're in the right place. God's going to draw you back home. Let him love you. Let him help.